Hey everybody, this is Pastor Jack C. I want to welcome you to the broadcast. This is Living With Purpose. And uh, we are talking about honor and we're talking about characteristics of honor. And over the past couple of weeks, we've been talking about two, two traits are synonymous with promotion, two traits are synonymous with honor, and two traits are synonymous with great faith. And we haven't gotten to the great faith yet, but I'm going to show you how that connection is made. You know, if we would just purpose to stay in those two arenas with our lives, if we would always stay submitted and if we will always stay humble, we're always going to be in a perfect place for promotion. That's a place where God can always use you. That's a place where the things of God can freely move in our lives when I am submitted and when I'm humble. And it's when I get out of those two things, that's when there's disorder in my life. We've been talking about David again, and uh, as we talked about last week, you know, there's three times in the Bible, in uh, 1 Samuel 18.5, in 1 Samuel 18.14 and in 1 Samuel 18.30, uh, the Bible makes this statement about David. It says that David behaved himself wisely in all that Saul told him to do. If we would learn just to take that trait into our lives, when we take it into my marriage, take it into my workplace, take it into my hobbies, take it into any other arena of my life, if I will learn how to behave wisely, if I will be prudent, if I will be clear of thought, you know, a big, big problem in our world today, especially when it comes to politics and even when it comes to the Bible, that people have already made up their minds about certain things. And even when it's proven wrong because they've already made it, it doesn't matter what the truth says anymore. It doesn't matter if something gets exposed. It doesn't matter if the light of something, it comes out. It's because we want to believe something this way because it fits my narrative on what I want to believe. And if you try and change my narrative about what I believe about somebody, even though you're giving me the truth, I will choose. I will make a quality, I will make a choice decision not to believe it. And that is so, so dangerous. The Bible says three times that David went and behaved himself wisely. He was submitted to Saul. He was humble in what he did. The people loved him. And we're going to kind of get into some of the characteristics about what David did and how he did it. So, uh, like I said, true honor consists of two things, submission and humility. You have to notice first and foremost that the number one thing that David did is he did what Saul told him to do. That's so, so very important for us to, if we, if we want to get ahead, if we want to get promoted, if we want to do great things with faith, you have to notice that we have to learn to do what we were told to do. As I was rereading Hebrews chapter 11 this morning, all the great men and women of faith were great men and women of faith because they did what God told them to do. Noah built an ark. Moses uh, put blood over the doorpost. Everybody in the Hebrews book of 11, it's not like they just came up with these great things for them to go do for themselves. No, they got a word from God and they did what God told them to do. None of those men and women were perfect people. Abraham was not a perfect person. Sarah was not a perfect person. Samson, all those people that are listed in Hebrews chapter 11 were not perfect people. But what they did do, and this is so very, very important, if you need your faith to work, Faith is me just not going into the Bible and trying to find a bunch of scripture and throw it against the wall and see what sticks. 
true faith, and I'm after 31 years of living this life, I'm still coming to this revelation myself. True faith now is spending time in the word and getting a word from God. That's where your faith's gonna come from. Now, I recite the verse, the, the word all day. I have scriptures that I say, but what I'm looking for is revelation knowledge. I'm looking for revelation knowledge of that word because there's where that transfer of ownership takes place. So, David was submitted and David was humble. Um, I want you to notice that he had just killed Goliath, yet his humility made him accepted in the sight of the people and Saul's servants. You know, how David handled himself after he killed Goliath. Um, if anybody had a reason to push their chest out, if anybody had a reason to say, hey, look what I did, you know, David had just completely blown past anything that anybody had ever done in Israel up to that time. I mean, he had just so far, I mean, just eclipsed everybody. Uh, he was on this fast track, you know, to, to the top. But yet in the midst of it, David showed so much humility that there wasn't anybody yet, including Saul, that was jealous of anything that he did. It says that all the people loved him, that even Saul's personal staff. See, here's the thing. Most times when we get into leadership position, um, we are always worried that somebody's going to take our position from us. We call that positional authority. I am so worried. You have given me this job. I'm on the staff and this is my job. And whenever somebody tries to come into my circle, I always look at them as a threat. So I'm automatically going to put up walls of, hey, no, no, this is my job. This is what I do. And so we don't let anybody in. Somehow David, because of his humility, because of his demeanor, because of his character, his honor, his integrity, whenever he had killed Goliath. I mean, he had just killed the biggest man in the world, and he did it with a sling and a stone. I mean, how he did it was epic. There was no, um, uh, you could, that God was not with him. I mean, it was just so evident in this young man's life, yet people loved him, they wanted to be around him, they weren't threatened by him. He, uh, he had just a, a great, great humility even when, and, and how do we show that humility? Well, it's simple. He didn't say, look what I did. He said, look what God did. When he went out and fought Goliath, he wasn't fighting for his honor. He was fighting for God's honor. You can let people say all you want about me, but you're not going to talk about my God. See, that's how we get into trouble sometimes is we're always trying to defend our honor instead of, you know, defending God's honor. And that's where the anointing and the grace comes from. So David uh, walked in humility and as I said before, at this point, no one was jealous of David. Now, I want to show you something. And uh, let's look at Matthew chapter 18, verse 4. Matthew chapter 18, verse 4. And I'm going to read it out of the Amplified today. It says, Whoever will humble himself, therefore, and become like this little child, Trusting, lowly, loving, forgiving is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So I feel like the Lord said this to me. Goliath did not make David the greatest in the kingdom. It was his humility that made him the greatest in the kingdom. It wasn't David killing Goliath that made him king. It was how he handled the killing of Goliath when it was over that made him the greatest because he did it with such grace, such humility. He immediately went to Saul. 
He immediately paid honor. And, you know, we talked about, you know, even a few months back, how this was an opportunity because Saul and David knew each other. And Saul had a chance, who is this young man? Who is this? And, and they said, this is the son of Jesse, a Bethlehemite. See, that whole opportunity of asking who David was was so that David's father could get the honor of what his son had just done. It's powerful. So I just want to encourage you that if we can learn to walk in submission and if we can learn to walk in humility in every part of our lives, well, pastor, you don't know my boss or, or pastor, you don't know my spouse or pastor, you don't know, you know the situation that I'm in. You know, I, if you can take your life and, you know, first and foremost, Jesus, you know, Jesus who is and was God came down and submitted himself unto men and, and he knew men's hearts. If Jesus can do it, we can do it. You know, we're always gonna have somebody in our life, you know, it's never gonna be perfect. There's gonna be that one person that rubs you the wrong way. There's always that one person that's gonna potentially dislike you for no reason. Guess what? That's their problem, that's not yours. It's not my job to try and make everybody like me. It's my job to walk, trust me, if you walk in humility and you walk in submission, just like David, you're going to disarm the people that are around you that think you're after something. You know, my wife and I run into this all the time because it's in our DNA to serve and to help. Wherever we are, if it's school, if it's Little League, if it's swim team, if it's church, it doesn't matter. It's in our DNA to serve and to help because we feel like if our children are involved, then we should be a blessing, we should volunteer, we should serve. And but a lot of times people think that you're coming in with an agenda. They, they're like, whoa, 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 what, why, why do you want to help? What's your angle? Why do you want to help? Oh, you're just trying to get it. Oh, you just want to be. And I can't tell you how many times that Michelle and I have both become presidents of organizations simply because we showed up on a work day, grabbed a shovel, and started helping. Or we made cookies on that day. Or we were there to help at the end of school. Your faithfulness, your humility, and your submission is your ticket to your promotion. And if you will just start where you are today, God can begin to use you in that arena and you'll begin to grow and to expand in different areas. David was not only submitted in instruction, but in his attitude and his character. David did not act one way in front of Saul and another way in front of his army. David honored Saul even when they were outlaws running from Saul in the wilderness. David would not David had such a reverential honor for Saul and for that for that the place of being king that he would not let a word be said against him. He would not raise his hand against Saul. He had Saul in his hands two times. The devil really wanted David to kill Saul so that blood would be in his house all the days, just like it was gonna be on Saul's, that David wouldn't take the bait. Don't take the bait. When you have an opportunity to rip somebody a new one, as they say, when it's a boss or a coworker, hey, we're all human, we make mistakes. You know, the Bible says that we're to believe the best of every person. Choose to believe the best today. Don't always look at everybody as an adversary. Don't always look at somebody as having an agenda. And if they do, guess what? If you'll walk in humility and submission, that light is going to shine onto that and they won't be able to stick around you. God will take care of it for you. Notice how many times with both Ruth, what we just talked about a while back, and David, that other people will see you being faithful and make sure that you're where you're supposed to be doing what you've been called to do. David's undying loyalty, honor, and ability to do the impossible made him irreplaceable. 
even when Saul, you know, let's let's look at that real quick. Uh, let's look at 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel, and I want to show you something. Let's go back to 18, and let's look at verse 13. Actually, let's look at verse 15, uh, 18, 14, and 15. It says, ah, let's go to 13. It's so good. So Saul removed David from him and made him his commander over a thousand. And he went out and he came in before the people. Um, gosh, verse 12, so good. Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him, but he had departed from Saul. I want you to notice that Saul was afraid of David because he could see that there was a great exchange taking place between David and Saul. And verse 13, so Saul removed David from him and made him his commander over a thousand. And he went out and came in before the people. Verse 14, and David acted wisely in all his ways and succeeded and the Lord was with him. Verse 15, when Saul saw how capable and successful David was, he stood in awe of him. Or in the uh, King James it says, Wherefore, when Saul saw that he behaved himself very wisely, he was afraid of him. So I, I want you to notice that David was so successful in everything that he did, that everything that Saul told him to do, David was having victory after victory after victory to the point where it's like Saul even had to say to himself, I cannot live without this person. This guy is irreplaceable. There's nothing that I can do. There is no substitute for David. Therefore, I'm just in awe of him. Also notice in verse 14, I believe, and it says, and David went out and came in before the people. David was put in charge of a thousand soldiers and those soldiers would come out and go in. And I feel like the Lord said, you know what? David, because he was so skillful, because uh, he was submitted to Saul and he was so humble, David's men never suffered any casualties. That when the Bible says that David went out and came in, that because David was so where he was supposed to be, doing what he was supposed to do, that he was submitted to his, to his leader, that he was doing what he was told to do, that when David left with a thousand men, no matter what they went and did, no matter what battle, what war, whatever, that all of the men always came back to David and that made David precious in the sight of all the people. Precious in the sight of all the people. Notice that David's name began to grow. Notice that David's fame began to grow. Notice that because David was faithful, because he was submitted, because um, he was humble, that all of a sudden everything around David began to grow. And here we are, we're at the end of the broadcast once again. But I hope you're writing down some of these verses. Get back into 1 Samuel 18. Those three places where it says, and David behaved wisely, I encourage you to look at those verses, look at what it's talking about directly, and really, really apply that to your life. The Bible is not meant just to be, to be it's meant to be used. It's meant for us to do the word. So when we're teaching and preaching the word, it's not just for us to be entertained or just to listen. It's for me to take that word and now apply it to my life. And what I'm applying to my life is that what they're gonna say about Jack C. Pigeon is that he behaved wisely and all that he was asked to do. This is Pastor Jack, uh, Pastor Michelle and I, we love you. Jesus is Lord.